welcome to my show, The Thriving Woman. I am your host, Carmel Austin, founder of Carmel's Garden. I will be sharing keys about journeying into wholeness and forming healthy hearts. Tune in to hear amazing stories of people around the world who will uplift and encourage you to be your authentic self. I so look forward to seeing you in there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my show, The Thriving Woman. I am your host, Carmel Austin, and I have my good friend here, Deborah December, and she is an abstract artist. And recently I had the privilege of going to her solo show. It was such a blessing to be able to hear her share about her journey as well as see her beautiful work. I see she's sitting in her lovely art studio and a little bit more, I'm sure, as I introduce Deborah, she will share her journey. So welcome, Deborah, to my show. Thank you, Carmel. Thank you so much. So, Deborah, um, I know for myself, we both live in the beautiful Shellhaven and I've had the privilege of um, going to Kayama and listening to you with your jazz band. And yes, I have. And when I uh, was looking on your website, I seen that you've played in New York and in Sydney. So um, I'd like you to just share with us some of your journey of um, your life and how um, you've become an artist and the things that really um, are on your heart about your artistic journey. Okay. Well, I've been a creative artist all my life. Uh, musician. I started as a musician, as a singer. Um, I come from a long line of musicians and and I was raised in the church. So the Judeo-Christian faith and music and art were my foundation. My father was also a painter and a photographer and um, an industrial arts teacher and visual arts teacher. So there was a lot of music and art going on in my family um, history. Um, from there, um, well, I don't know, where do I start? So <laughs> how did I get to the art? Art, in terms of visual art, has always been a side gig for me. I have always been painting, um, taking photographs, sketching, um, watercolours, acrylics, oils, charcoals, anything. But because the music was so strong and it was so much of what I was doing, you know, as a child, I was on television. I was um, recording um, shows and doing gigs. By the time, the art was never um, the main thing. Um, but when you've done that for 30 plus years, um, I don't know, for me, I just, I needed, a, I needed to have a major change. Yes, I did. I did wonderful things in jazz in Australia and in New York and in Singapore. And I was able to pass on those gifts and talents to other students in, um, you know, tertiary education um, colleges. And I worked as a session singer in Harlem, which is crazy for a little white girl from Australia. Um, but because I had that, that tradition in gospel music and jazz music, and yes, white gospel music, but also black gospel music. 
And in the in the tradition of Mahalia Jackson and Aretha Franklin and Dorothy Lovecoats and the Gospel Harmonies, and I had a, a vocal group called Full Body Message at one time that um, you know got a lot of notice. And that in my twenties, I think we did a number of um, radio, uh, sorry, TV shows, and so you know the music's always been there. And on iTunes, I have a bunch of jazz albums and gospel albums and even some rock. Um, music but a couple of years ago I just found myself um, ah, gee, it's hard to say um, it, it's hard to say now because I'm so full of life but at the time I had I felt like I had just become numb I just was from the inside and this is odd energy for me because I am so high energy I am so um, uh, such a buzzy person, <laughs> buzzy and quick and creative. And I just, I thought I was tired. And then I thought I was depressed. And I really didn't know. I just had gone so numb inside. There were no more notes, no more music, no more songs to sing. Um, it wasn't a matter of my faith wavering at all. Um, that wasn't so do you thing. feel that it was God just taking you on that new path and I find, Deborah, that um, we have to become quite unsettled in what we're doing to be able to see the new thing burst. And well, something had to die. Something yeah. had to die in order yeah. for something to be born. So yeah. I formally and officially ended my music career. I drew a line in the sand. I said, I hereby retire from music. Okay. And that that <laughs> had to happen. You know, that just had to happen. Now, since then, I have worked on some music, and in fact, I've got a single coming out in a couple of weeks. So it wasn't the end of everything as I thought it would be, but but mentally, emotionally, even spiritually, I needed that to end so that I could birth something new. Did I know what new thing was to be born? No, I did not. No, I had no idea. All I knew was things weren't right. And, you know, I did need some medical help. I did have to go and see doctors and say, look, what is, you know, what's up, what's going on here? And with some investigation and, well, try this, I'll try that, I realised the most, the happiest part of my day was when I would paint each morning. Yes. I would just paint little watercolours. You know, it just made me happy. The colour made me happy. I really stripped it right down. I stripped my entire life down to the basics. I got rid of pretty much everything, all the action, all the activity. And um, COVID sort of came in on the... Mm. came in just after. Like, this was all happening and then COVID hit. And so I didn't, you know... I, I couldn't go here and there because we were in lockdown. And so but to, it wasn't COVID that precipitated that 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 moment. But because the COVID came, it gave, it gave me a breather. I could step back. I could review everything. And oh, I was just painting these watercolours and, and just enjoying that and, and I guess leading a, a gentler life. The schedule was gone, home, family and some painting. And before long... I decided to, I thought, you know what, I've always wanted to paint. And I could remember wanting to paint professionally and wanting to paint and wanting to have an art studio and all these memories of building these art studios in various houses I'd lived in. I'm like, come on. So I, so I started to do a whole bunch of courses online 
And I bought myself a massive roll of raw canvas and I began to build frames and stretch canvases and paint paintings and get ideas and it just came out in a torrent. It was, it was wow, it was amazing. It was like, you know, sitting on top of the blowhole. It was, it was so good. And I, I came back to myself, you know, and here I am alive again. So it just feels so good. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And and like we said, it is a journey. Like I've always believed that I was born for the stage and born for TV. And you talk about you've done so much of that where this is such a new um, area that I've had to go into. And I found too with COVID, I was following other people's dreams, but not necessarily doing the things in my heart. So, you know, um, you know, COVID, I found I flourished in COVID like it sounds like you did as well because it gave us the space to be able to think and follow our own dreams and our own heart. So, um, you know, with you living in the Shell Haven, do you find that that is um, something that inspires you with the beauty around you and the beautiful um, trees and the rolling hills? What is it that inspires you to paint Deborah? Well, definitely that environment resonates with me. You know, I came down here 17 years ago on a pregnancy retreat. I was pregnant with my son, my first baby. I came down here and um, I looked around. I said, when I have this baby, I'm moving here. And it was, it was, it was like I was being clonked on the head with a <clears throat> saucepan. I knew that this was where I was meant to be. And um, so definitely the environment the beach the rolling hills the blue blues the green greens the amazing sunrise and stuff that it's paradise yes uh yes it inspires me from within i don't know that i necessarily put that onto the canvas although Mm. i'm sure it shows up somewhere Mm. you know just recently i passed a um a cherry blossom tree and i was just mesmerized by the magenta and the um, the dark brown, that bistra colour, and uh, that pale green, which is like a celadon colour. And I stood there and I just, I observed this tree for over 40 minutes and I took some pictures and and that palette is now that painting behind me. I mean, that palette is going to actually be a thread that runs through an entire body of work. <clears throat> so, you know, when you're a poet or a writer or um a painter, I think your environment is just seeps into your pores. It, it can't, it can't help but not. I'll stare at the sky pretty much every day. First thing when I go up to get my coffee, I love to look at the sky. And yes, I have painted things like that. Now that I'm thinking of it, um, so yeah, I'm sure. But like me, um, when we we're at your show, we were talking about that we're both abstract artists. And, um, you know, they inspire us. And I actually recently had a conversation with a friend and she said, you're an artist, Stan. And I said, what's that? And she said, it's someone that creates something from nothing. And I thought, man, that's my husband and I. We're both artist stands. We both, I get a picture in my head and I'll say to Wayne, oh, can you create this? And he doesn't. And he'll, you know, build things from scratch as well and you know and I sort of get the picture and the idea and then I do my quilts or my artwork or my sewing or my websites and all of those things that just come from who you are 
And it's such a privilege to have that um, gift. And I know for me, um, it's very, uh, what's the word? If I don't do my art and I'm not being creative, I'm not balanced because God's made me that way. Do you find that as well? Absolutely. I believe he has made everybody that way. We are created to create. And if everybody tapped into their creativity in one way or another, people would be happier, healthier. Uh, there's a book, fantastic book called The Art of no, the war, <laughs> the war of art. Because of course, there's a famous Sun Tzu book, The Art of War, and this is a play on that, um, the war of art. It's about resistance. About it's about how oh, I want to go and create, but the dishes, but the housework, but the this, but the that, and people put it off and put it off, and don't realize. I mean, in the book, it says, you know, if everybody tapped into their creative source and lived their um, creative dreams. Uh, doctors, psychiatrists, um, health books, diet books would go out of business because we would be so fulfilled. And there is, you know, a connection. The people who are honest about their writing and their paintings say it is coming from outside of me. Everybody knows we are channeling a greater spirit than ourselves. Uh, Paul McCartney or, I mean, some just some of the greatest musicians and writers and artists talk about the flow state where some other thing begins to take over what they're doing. And um, so, yeah, I think that's a very, uh, that's a very true thing. So with me, I find that I might be at a quilt show and I'll see an idea and then I'll want to create something from that idea. Or I might have had an experience in my life that um, I want to be able to use in my art. What is it that you use, Deborah, to um, with your art that um, inspires you and drives you to be creative? Uh, I would say... I would say anything and everything. I just, um, well, because my in my daily routine, I have a prayer and meditation um, and readings that I do, you know, each day. And I have a Jesus-based faith practice. That is me. I have a Jesus-based faith practice. It's not by word. It's not by Sunday service. It's daily. And it is like in, I, you know, you eat food, it gets in your body. It's just like eating food. It's in my body. And I will be reading a psalm or praying or meditating and a word or a colour or a feeling or something will come to me and I'll just I'll just be like a, uh, like a detective and I'll just follow the thread. And um, it becomes overwhelming, you know, it becomes overwhelming and... I can't put it down. And I know that that's what I need to do. I know that that's the idea. Yeah. And um, like for this recent exhibit called Messiah, the first painting I did was Ruach, which was the big blue painting, um, very moody. And at that point, I had the other kind of, I had the ideas were kind of coming, but I, it wasn't as um, formed as the exhibit you saw. I thought... Oh, I'd like to do a painting, you know, one colour per painting. And, oh, I can't do a big red painting. I can't do that. I can't do that. 
But the confirmation of exactly what I was meant to do just kept coming and coming and coming. And I thought, well, I guess I can do that. I guess I can do that. And so um, so I just went hard. I just went for it and um, made all those one meter square canvases and, str and stretched them. And uh, one of them I did just so, but the rest were on raw canvas. And it became a cohesive body of work. And it's part of the thing, when you step out, the ground will appear. And that's very much the case. That's very much the case. Okay. Oh, that's so exciting. And and obviously you, i seen actually on Facebook that you have a new um, body that you are doing and you're doing some lessons. So you're putting yourself out there to do some lessons and inviting people into your studio, is it, that you're going to be doing no, the lessons? No, 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 the studio space is um, is just for me. <laughs> Fair enough. For everybody. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, some people in the area have asked me to put, I do some children's lessons and I have been doing that for quite a few years. And so some people have asked me to do adult classes and I've yeah, finally gotten around to um, putting together some abstract um some abstract classes for adults and so I've got one coming up oh wonderful so um Deborah would you like to um share with everybody your website that people can contact you on yes okay my website is deborahdecember.com d-e-b-o-r-a-h and December is spelt the Italian way d-i-c E-M-B-R-E. So it's one word, DeborahDecember.com. And on there you can see various artworks, prints, um, some silk scarves that I had made as part of Messiah series. Um, there's still a few of those paintings available. And, yeah, you could just read a little bit about um, what my um, personal maybe manifesto might be not quite the right word, but, you know, my personal thoughts about art and myself as an artist and uh, there's a link there, too, to my iTunes presence. So if you're wondering what I sound like, then on the homepage, there's a link that says something like, if you're wondering what I sound like, you can find me on iTunes. And the word iTunes is a live link. So you can hit on that and see that. Well, I have to say that I've heard Deborah play with her band in the past and even at church, and she has a beautiful voice that is very uplifting and encouraging. And I know when I um, went and visited her at her solo um, exhibition, I wasn't even sure that I was going to do this um, show. And she just encouraged me to follow my dreams. And as we shared with each other, I seen that passion is so alive in me. And I thought I have to take this opportunity up. So thank you, Deborah, for you know, being there encouraging me. And I'm so glad I went to your um, exhibition because it was so lovely to see your work and and see as I'm watching you grow, I'm watching you develop, I'm watching you um, as you go one step at a time, putting those things into place with the things that do you find that they're things that are in your heart that have always been there? Uh, look, you know... <laughs> Yes, in a way, yes. I In 2017, I wrote myself a little note on a little post-it note and I stuck it on the wall and it said, I'd like to have an art exhibit in 2017. And so in 2022, that became a reality. So you, I'm always working in family, work, education, 
getting educated, educating others. Um, before I was had a, a quite a heavy recording schedule, which I don't have anymore. Um, I have a very small, slight recording schedule, which is great because it gives me time, you know, to paint. Um, in a perfect world, I'd live in a massive warehouse and I'd be painting six hours a day. That's not my reality yet, but it will be one day. And so, yeah, I think I just, um, I think I just go for it. You know, I think one of the beauties of not knowing is that you just do things and you don't know that you're not supposed to. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I was young. I, well, this is me. I was young. I went to New York. I got a manager. I went up to Harlem and I was singing. I didn't know you were, I didn't know you were not supposed to do that. I heard this photographer say, I just introduced myself to these big directors and started taking photos. He said, I, I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. So a lot of um, the passion that a person who comes to something new will do is you'll just you'll just take steps that are a rookie. These are just rookie. You just you just throw yourself out there. You don't even know you're not supposed to do it. Um, and I think to myself, don't wait, don't wait. And don't ever think it's over. It's not over. They're the two things I would say. Do not wait and don't think it's over. So I know you have um, teenage children and, you're, you know, you're, you're caring for them as well and running a house. What would you say to the mum, like, basically, who finds they have these dreams in their heart to express themselves creatively? What would you say to them to encourage them? Your children are watching you. Your children are watching you. They're watching you. Um, they're watching how you think and feel about yourself. They're watching where you place yourself in order of preference. They're watching. And, and as mums, we put our kids first. But there comes a time when if you don't put yourself first, you are mentoring to them to put themselves second, third and fourth. And let me tell you, if you don't know how to put yourself first in a healthy way so that you're in the best shape possible to take care of your family and reach your goals, you never will. And no one will respect you for it anyway. So my kids know that I'll go to the nth for them, but there is a boundary. There is an end point where... Um, I have to take care of my well-being so that I can pour from a full cup. Um, I, your children are watching you. They, I think, you know, when my kids were little, I did lots of art and fun and I was with them. I was on the floor. I think being at eye level is important for children. When they're three, when they're 10, when they're 13, you do have to meet them at eye level, but you are also the parent. You can never let go of the fact that you are mentoring um, you are mentoring energy, scheduling, choices, relationships, faith, um, excuses, um, health. You are mentoring them all the time. They're watching you like a hawk. And it gets to the age of teenagers and, oh, you know, parents are so corny and everything I say is so cringe and blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I could care less. I am going to fight and flow and be and keep going and, and fall down and get up and do it again because I want them to see that that's what life is. That's how you live life. That's what you do. You don't give in. You don't quit. You might need to rest, but you keep going. And you can, you can do things in little ways. This, people think, oh, I've got to have a big exhibit. Oh, I've got to do this big thing. 
I started upstairs with a little watercolour palette and a, and a, a, a jar of water, you know, painting abstract florals just to, just to get my spirit going. And when the time came, a step further and further. It doesn't happen overnight, but you must do that little baby steps. Don't despise the small day. Just do that little thing. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. It's consistency. It's not the big ta-da that wins the day. It's consistency. And children need consistency. They need routine. They need consistency. And so do you and so do I. That is what keeps people moving along, moving along. So that's what I'd say is important. You. that's really lovely it's from the heart as a mum who's a you've you've had a very um life that's very exposed to the community to the world and different things that you've done but that's right you have to continue to be consistent in what we're doing and how we present ourselves and mm. so it's just an absolute pleasure um chatting with you thank you for saying yes and um, coming on my show. Uh, Deborah is part of my Thriving Women's Group, which I have on Facebook as well. There's nearly 200 women in that group, which I feel incredibly blessed to be able to be speaking into their lives, encouraging them and sharing them. And that's how my um, title of my show came about. And this will be a weekly uh, show that I'm doing where I'll be interviewing um, women from around the world. It's a blessing that um, Deborah has uh, lives here in the Shellhaven with me and we understand the beauty of what's around us. I'd like to, to thank my friend Susan Curtin from the Art Hub who is um, sponsoring my show today. And if there's anybody as well who would um, like to come on my show and share their journey about art and life and about women and health, I would love to chat with you as well. So, Deborah, I'd like to just thank you for taking the time out from your busy schedule today and um, coming on and sharing with us. And I would just like you to just finish off with one thing that you would like to um, say to our audience that you um, find you do each day that keeps that vib- vibrancy about you. Um, okay. Well, first of all, let me say thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure and it's wonderful to watch all the things that you're doing on Facebook and writing and the podcast and everything. It's amazing and wonderful and it's connection. And I think that's so important. Um, you know, uh, social media can be a great connector and it can be also a disconnector. Mm. So I think everything that comes online that's real and raw is good. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, okay, what's what, what, one thing um, you can do to keep the vibe going? I would say have a rock-solid routine. Okay. Because my routine is set in stone. Oh, hang on, I should say, it is, what happens is the wheels are going to fall off. That's just what's going to happen. The wheels are going to fall off. And so when they do, I revert to type. And for me to revert to type means that um, 
I get up, I make my bed, I stretch, I go get coffee, I come back down, I journal three pages, I read the word, I pray, I meditate, I, I sort out what's going on without, within me and I get it on the page and then I sit and look at the day or look at what's going on. So having a routine, even if I feel like the dog's body, even if I feel like the pit of the pit, I will just do that routine because it's because it's there. And and here's the thing. If I just went, oh, I just feel today, I'm just gonna get under the doona, that's all I can do. That wouldn't that wouldn't go so well. That would not end well. It it it's a choice you could make, but it wouldn't end well. And because my routine takes away all the poor choices that could be made if I'm not feeling so great, that just wipes out a whole bunch of um <clears throat> that just wipes out a whole bunch of junk that could take me out. I think arrest the first 10 minutes of the day. I would say arrest the first hour of the day. It, the, the first part of your day is the most important part. I arrest the first hour and sometimes the first two hours. I like to get up early and make sure I get what I need to get done for me. Yeah. And again, my children are watching that. They understand that we have a rock solid home because I give every day a rock solid start. So, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. To have, if, if you're going to be taken out, it's going to happen in the first part of the day. And, and no matter what comes later in the day, you've got that to go back to. You've got that to lean on. You've got that in your ear. You've got it in your heart. You've got it on you. So that's what I would say. Thank you. And it's so true, isn't it, as women, that when we fill up our cup and we do those things that are going to um, keep us healthy and whole, everybody else around us is able to stay stable. But if we lose the plot mm. with our home, with our families, with the things that we have to do, the whole house seems to go under as well. So they're very good keys. Um, you're, always, you're always fighting resistance. Whatever you want to do, the minute you decide, oh, I'm going to, do a new health routine, I'm going to start to paint, I'm going to do a podcast. The minute you decide to do something, resistance comes. Yeah. And so if unless you have a way of um, a methodical way of beating resistance, it will beat you. It will beat you down. Resistance does not play favourites. It's not personal. It just is. So you've got to figure out a way that keeps you rolling because resistance will come. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you again, Deborah, for being on my show. Um, when it does go live, I will uh, let you know. We're nearly there with um, me sending in all the interviews with my guests that I'm doing. So I'm pretty excited that it's all going to happen very shortly. And it's just been an absolute pleasure to come into your life, come into your studio and hear your wisdom about the things that you're doing and where God is taking you. And I love that you have such a balanced um, outlook on life and that in that you're able to share and grow and help others. So thank you, everybody. That Sorry, go on. I was just going to say thank you. It's been a pleasure and I'm, I'm very excited for all the things you're doing. Very excited. Thank you. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's The Thriving Woman and we'll see you next week. God bless and goodbye.